Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The TalkSport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whether your business needs cars, vans, or larger commercial vehicles, you can rent from the best lineup in the UK with Enterprise. And with flexible long-term rental, you can get vehicles for as long as you need them, from minutes to months. Whatever the mission, Enterprise's mobility experts can build a bespoke solution to suit your business needs. Visit enterprise.co.uk forward slash business to find out more. This is TalkSport Daily. Hello, happy Friday, and welcome to another Andy Goldstein's TalkSport Daily podcast with me, yeah, your host, Andy Goldstein. That fell off drive this week. Oh, you've been on drive? Yeah, I've been on drive, but I'm back on the sports bar next Monday. In fact, I'm doing Transgroup Express. Anyway, more about that. More about that a bit later on. We've got lots to get through on today's podcast. Let's start with Graham Potter, and he was happy with the plans and regulations that the Premier League have laid out. He was speaking with James Savindra. Yeah, I am. I've been on a Premier League managers meeting, just had all the information probably a little bit condensed from the 50-odd page document that's out there at the moment, but it all seems fine. Again, we, we know that we're going to have to adapt to things and things won't be like we're used to, but that's fine. Um, I've been happy with how the Premier League have, have dealt with the situation so far as we've gone through the stages and, and I've got confidence in that that's going to be the case as we go into the games. How much will you have to adapt on match day? Because there's obviously a limit on the number of staff you can have in the stadium as well. Will that affect things at all? Not really, to be honest. I mean, uh, sometimes there's so many people around. It's not like the, the biggest factor in the world. Of course, we have to adapt into the crowd. Not being there is probably the big thing from the player's perspective, from a, from everybody's everybody's experience of, of a game of a Premier League match but we know why that is and, and we're absolutely fine with that I think we've spoken about it enough we know what to to expect we know it's not going to be a normal Premier League situation but we know why that is so then it's a case of not letting that uh, affect us or, or bother us and we, and we, we play football as, as well as we can Time now to hear from Ian Holloway he hit out at the way the season ended and was worried for players who are soon to be out of contract. He was speaking with Hannah Wilkes on the Sports Day on TalkSport 2. I think it's very, very difficult. The circumstances are, nobody's ever seen anything like this, but form is absolutely vital. I feel it's grossly unfair at times, particularly when you look at what's happened to Peterborough in League One. That was astonishing. But they've got to do it somehow, and I'm glad I'm not on the end of it because I wouldn't have been very happy if my team was in no good form with lots of goals going in, like Peterborough. Are you starting your planning now for next season straight away? Obviously, we're still a little bit unsure as, as to when next season will start with, with play going on a bit later in, into the summer, but are you planning ahead for, for the new season? We're working on the doomsday scenario that we won't play football until this time next year. Really? Yeah. So, Do you think um, that's... No- 
Does, does that seem... No one else has done it, but we are so financially well run that we're actually being proactive and not waiting for the EFL to tell us what to do or waiting for the EFL to wait for the government to tell us what to do because we want our community to have a football club. So we've been asked to take a percentage cut in our wages. So whoever's in contract, we can get through for, for a year's time. I'm so worried about all the players that haven't got a job at the moment. Who's going to look after them? The PFA should be doing that. Somebody should be doing that for them. It's not fair to say all these footballers earn a lot of money. In our level, they do not. It should be the PFA. It should be the EFL and the government. If we're waiting for them to tell us what to do safely, why did we decide ourselves to stop playing when we did? The government didn't tell us to. The EFL did. So I love football and I've never loved it more than right now. And I never want to do it more than right now. But footballers are people, right? Don't forget that. And, and I don't want them. If it's not safe for the crowds to, to go in, how can it be safe for players and managers to go to work? Time now to check in with The Breakfast Show with Alan Brazil and Ali McCoy. And now Joey Barton on their show. And he thinks Fleetwood deserved to be in the League One playoffs, but feels for the sides who missed out when the league ended. It's the playoffs, isn't it? So we're, we're delighted, obviously, to be in and, and all the permutations that were getting banded about. I think, you know, we were un, unbeaten in 12 and lost one in 19 before the break. So I think even the most, you know, disappointed the people there will have to accept that we deserve at least a shot for, for the playoffs because, you know, our belief was with, you know, nine games to go, six of those nine against teams in the bottom ten, we had the three of those six against the bottom three. We really fancied the automatics, um, but that's not the way to be. So I think Oxford will have been the same, Pompey will have been the same, and, and clearly Sunderland will have wanted to have a shot at the automatic places. But yeah. it's not fair. You know, we all know that it's, it, it, it's not ideal. But you know, I think it's it's fair that we get a chance to, to do something which would be you know, life-changing for, for certainly for our players and, and obviously for Fleetwood Town as a football club to be in with some of those championship clubs. This documentary, is this a good idea, mate? <laughs> <laughs> well, if, well if, we, if, if we win the playoff final, Al, I think it will be. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I'm not saying I don't trust you, Jamie. Of course, uh, Joey, I'm not saying I don't trust you, but of course <laughs> I do. Joey, but, uh, Joey oh. regardless whether you win it or not, I'll be watching, pal. Don't worry. <laughs> It'll definitely be it'll definitely be after the watershed. If, 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 um, <laughs> after if the watershed, it'll need to go about three in the morning, Paul. <laughs> Alan Brazil actually uh, said that there were plans to make a fly on the wall documentary about him as well. I nearly done it one year. To be fair, uh, George, it was someone that was a cameraman at Sky wanted to follow me for a week. <laughs> So, but yeah, he wanted to follow me for a week. But his medical advisors wouldn't let him. He couldn't get insurance. <laughs> he couldn't get insurance. <laughs> but he was going to come follow me from Suffolk, you know, first thing Monday morning, and then out after the show, and then see you later, off to bed, and then up the next morning. He was going to do that for a week, but um, I think he's their doctor. His professor said, don't do it. Time now to talk a bit of boxing, and of course everyone's talking about Tyson Fury against AJ, as was Frank Warren when he spoke to The Breakfast Show. I'm really delighted for Tyson, I'm delighted for British boxing, and I'm certainly delighted that 
we're finally going to get to see who's the best out of these two guys. Got to ask you, the next obvious question would be a venue. Am I going to have to go on? Are we looking at the Kelvin Hall up here in Glasgow? <laughs> <laughs> it was on the list, but I don't know if it's still it. No, we're at the moment, all those things have to be decided. We're, you know, between everybody who's involved in this, it's about working at the most viable and the best place for us to get it on. We're in discussions with a number of venues and eventually we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll announce what is happening as far as that's concerned. So, I mean, Frankie's still got to fight Deontay Wilder again. Do we know when that's going to be? Is that is that in the pipeline and, in, and where's that going to be? Well, we want to get that fight on this year, get it out of the way so we can progress with the other one. And also, AJ's got his, his fight with So, they've both got to win and I'm just hoping that there's no upset. Yeah. Real, uh, you know, not a fly in the ointment, it'd just kill it, it'd absolutely kill the fight. So, we've got to hope they come for it. And they're not easy fight. No, they're not. They're, look, look, heavyweights, one big punch can change the dynamic of a fight. Anthony Josh has experienced that against Ruiz in a fight he went into as a big favourite. Yeah, yeah. Frank, what about without getting into contract? Are we talking 50 50 here if this goes ahead? You know, the, the principle of the deal is we've agreed to percentages, which we always said from the beginning is how it should be, which is 50 50, and a two part deal, and the rest of it will all fall into place as, as uh, the negotiations and, and offers come in. Frank, it's been commented this morning, we've been thinking about it, and I can't—I certainly can't think of any bigger fights. Is this the biggest fight in British history? I think it is. I mean, you know, both of them hold world titles. You know, we had Frank Bruno fight Lennox Lewis years ago, but, you know, Frank didn't have the title then. These two guys have the title. We've got the lineal champion and WBC champion undefeated in Tyson Fury. And you've got AJ, who's got the other three belts and one defeat on his record. I mean, this is mega. And I gen- when I say it, it's not hyped, I don't, no one needs to hype this because everybody knows it's a great fight. Mm. But I genuinely think when this comes around, it'll be the biggest event, sporting event, since he's won the World Cup. Hawksby and Jacobs all week have been looking back at some classic clips over the week. As Alan Partridge would say, here's time for more classic clips. The Talk Sport Clips of the Week. Well, kind of. They're from 2003. Some old mini discs have emerged at, uh, at Talk Sport, and uh, we've plundered them uh, during this period. And uh, we're just bringing you some of the best moments. We haven't heard these since 2003, so uh, we yeah, look a couple familiar to, to me. Looking at yeah, the good. List here. What, yeah, kick good. us off, Andy. Okay, we begin with some sports news. A draw for Arsenal in the Champions League match against Borussia Dortmund tonight and the Gunners will be into the second phase and after his hair-raising seaman, season, David Seaman has had his ponytail cut off. <laughs> yeah, whoops. Yeah. So, yes. um, here's Alvin Martin during a short-lived stint in the presenter's hot seat. 9.33, 3 till 10 o'clock, Alvin Martin in the chair with Rob Beasley uh, of the world. Rob Beasley of the world. Yeah, of news of the world, I think. Uh, uh, <laughs> of course it was. Meant, Brilliant. Yeah. This is Graham Beecroft and a guest talking about horse racing in Cornwall. There's no race course near that, so I don't no, know. No, that's right. Yeah, Mousel. But there was, uh, I remember uh, people lost at sea in a, a tragedy down there, weren't there? Not so, so long right. ago. Yeah, very, very disappointing indeed. Very disappointing. <laughs> they didn't give away a late heard. winner <laughs> in the 89th minute. Very disappointing. Very sport, though, Beaky. Uh, let's, let's go back to Big Al again. Millwall chairman, Theo... Uh, p- uh, p- p- is that right? P- 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 fighters? I'm sure it's longer than that. <laughs> <laughs> 
I've had a, my back. I've had a bad case of Pafaitis. Yeah. Pafaitis <laughs> dance. Yeah, he, he, of course, there was in the early days of Theo before he was a TV star. But Alan, I love Alan going, it sounds like he's beatboxing, doesn't it? <laughs> Now the Spurs and Belgium centre-half Toby Alderweireld was on drive yesterday, Andy Goldstein's Drive Time show. He discussed Tottenham's return to training and also settled an argument in the studio. Oh, Toby Alderweireld came on. How would you get him? Well, <clears throat> I don't want to blow my own trumpet, but yeah. We prepared ourselves the best way possible. So people think that we were in lockdown and we were like some sort of holiday, but we... I think Friday we went in lockdown and, and then Saturday, Sunday we were off at home. But then Monday we went straight into Zoom sessions, into all the equipment was sent uh, to us at home. So we were doing the strength that we needed to keep our the tone in the muscles and then running in the park and then with GPS and not, not easy running, but like tough. So we kept like the impact on the muscles, keep going. So whenever we got back to training, it was not like a holiday. So and then we trained very hard because sometimes it's harder to train 1v1 than with the whole team. So I think we are ready. Uh, the, the muscles are ready to, to compete. How is it going to work then on match day? Because beforehand, you know, you'd all arrive together. You'd then go into the dressing room. You'd all sit next to each other and have a laugh. And a but I'm guessing all that has got to change. So for argument's sake, what does a dressing room now look like? Of course, now we're not allowed to go in the dressing room. I think um, I think the, 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 the right things to do, I think they're going to, uh, tell us uh, before next week what is allowed and what's not allowed. So uh, we don't know uh, yet 100%, but I think there will be a meeting or something like, like what, what we can do and uh, what we can't do. Would you mind settling an argument that we are having in our office? Yeah, no problem. No problem. Right, so which goal, in your opinion, do you think was harder to score? Was it Van Basten's volley in the 88 uh, Euro final? You remember that one, don't you, Toby? Yeah, yeah. Right. Yes, or Dennis Bergkamp against Argentina in 98 when he turns inside and slots it into the corner? It's harder for the Van Basten goal, but there's there's a, a, there's a lot of I, I wouldn't say luck because he's an unbelievable player, of course, was. But you hit it, and then it's it's technique, but it's a lot of luck. I think Bergkamp is more technique, is more you have to control it to be good, the touch, and then the finish. So it's difficult. They're both unbelievable, of course. But I think the Van Basten goal, yeah, I think if if he if he gets hundred balls like that. Maybe he scores one or two. Maybe I none, but but he scores a couple, but not a lot. Now, Hugh Wisencroft continued looking at the ongoing support of the Black Lives Matter movement from the sporting world on kickoff. Emil Heskey, the former England and Liverpool striker, with you this evening. It was really interesting to hear what Gareth Southgate had to say this week. He did a raft of interviews. He spoke to us here at TalkSport as well. Speaking about opportunities, though, in the game, Emil, he highlighted what he described as white privilege. He cited when he was appointed as Middlesbrough manager in June of 2006. Uh, Steve Gibson uh, failed to land his first target. He turned to his captain Southgate, then aged 35 years old, and unqualified as a coach. He says, I'm better educated now in this area. I know I got an opportunity at Middlesbrough when I wasn't qualified. That came because I'd worked at the club. The owner knew me. I couldn't say that opportunity would have been there for someone else. Hearing that, Emil, as a former England international, someone who's reached the same heights as Gareth Southgate, do you think that would happen to you? No. But we know that. We know when we've seen it. We've you seen know it people many... in the game? Yeah, we know people in the game. But again, it, 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 we, we would have to... It's funny when I when I look at football. I I come out of football after playing 22 years as a professional, and you, you're told, "Oh, um, you might uh, go for a job." And you say, "Well, you don't have you don't have the experience, you don't have the qualifications." Okay, 
So I can come out of football and I have no. I can play football for 22 years and have no qualifications about football. That's the only sport I know that does that. But again, we've seen people just walk into jobs and, and able to progress that way. Would I get it at 35? No, no, I wouldn't. I'd have to start from the bottom and, and, and work my way up again. The thing is, it's not just Gareth that Gareth knows it, and Gareth is an intelligent man, and he said it before as well, and he keeps and he'll keep saying it, and he'll, he'll and you've you've seen him articulate it in a way that as well, saying that well, we I can't tell you how it would they, how they're feeling because I don't know, but I could, but I have to sit down and listen to them, and this is all we've been asked to, asked of people listen, but again, we need more people to speak out and say, well, I probably wouldn't have got that that job. It was only because of this, this and this. And if I was black, I probably would have to start down there under 10s with all my badges. And of course, last but by no means least, it was the sports bar. I wasn't about, but it's always Andy Goldstein Tea Sports Bar, whether I'm there or I'm not. And I wasn't last night, but Adam Catchell was. Jake's here. Jake, Newcastle fan. How are you, Jake? You all right, lad? All right, Jake. I just wanted to know, firstly, who do you think better out of Shearer and Omri? It's no brainer, mate. It's no brainer. Sheila, all day long, son. Thank you. Thank you. No, it's, it's, I'm so, sorry, sorry, sorry. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What, what? Are you two, have you two better, better at what? A better footballer is oh. Thierry Henry. No, he ain't. A better goal scorer is Shearer. No. Uh, what are you talking about, you? Well, it's, Thierry Henry's possibly the, the best. He is. Yeah, I'm not saying Shearer's not. I'm a Shearer fan. Are you, whoa, what's going on here? Mate, you're talking absolute nonsense, right? Anybody that says that didn't see Shearer between 1996 and 1996. I played against him. I know, mate, honestly, I know, I know how good Shearer was. Did you play against Henri? Did you play against Henri? No, I didn't. Did you play against Exactly. Exactly. No, no, I know how good Shearer is. Shearer is the best number nine this country has, for me, in my lifetime, ever produced. And Harry Kane is going to run him very, very close. But when you're talking about. Harry Kane's not going to run him close. Well, for England. No. He will. No, no, what do you mean? No, he won't. No, he won't. He, he might get a few penalties and a few tappings. He won't be. He's, he's nowhere near the place he was. I think he's. I think Harry Kane is the best number nine England produced since Shearer. Since Shearer. Since Shearer. Right. Since Shearer. And statistically, he will probably score more goals for England than Shearer. Yeah, because he'll play more will. games. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He'll play more games. Now don't take all offence because Shearer right. played for Blackburn, mate. I mean, we can have this debate, can't we? I mean, Shearer she, she won the league on his own, mate. He won the league on his own. Shearer was an, the best striker at one stage, certainly in the country, in possibly the in Europe. Yeah, it may in well have been. But, but Thierry Henry, I mean, it's like comparing apples. Have with, we ever. Uh, all right then, pears, all right then. Here's, here's I, mean, I, I love Jake, Jake, ignore him. Jake, listen. Yeah. Has anybody ever said Thierry Henry's the best striker in the world at any point? It's Premier League, they said it, but not in the world. That's what I said about player. You're talking number nine or, or footballer. Thierry Henry was a ridiculous okay. footballer. Yeah, he was ridiculous. Just quick. He was just quick. Just quick. <laughs> just quick. Well, that's nearly it for another podcasty thing. A reminder, of course, you can download previous or future podcasts simply by going to ACAR, Spotify or Apple Podcasts. There's live football before I go on TalkSport 2 to tell you about over the weekend on Saturday Band Munich in action against Borussia Mönchengladbach. Then you've got Augsburg in action there away. That's Sunday at 2pm, also on TalkSport 2. And then Sunday at 5pm, Schalke in action against Bayer Leverkusen. And then from 10pm, slightly later than advertised, 10pm, I'll be back with the Transgroup Express. That's it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. Have a good weekend. Be safe, everyone. Be safe. That was a podcast from TalkSport.
The TalkSport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whatever your mission, home or away, don't delay. Enterprise has the vehicle for the job. Rent from the best lineup in the UK. With over 450 branches, Enterprise has what your business needs. From compact three-door cars to spacious SUVs and people carriers to vans, they offer a large range of reliable vehicles perfect for the job. To find out more and book, visit enterprise.co.uk.